Live from the Journeys Group Studio, this is Taking Care of Business. Good day, this is Tommy Pate. And this is George Pate. Taking Care of Business. Today is the week, well actually the week of Valentine's Day. Yep. So, uh, if there are any men listening to our show, you have a chance to be a hero or a zero. There is no in between when it comes to Valentine's Day, gentlemen. Uh, no, there there is no room to be a hero. This is depending on where you are. This is either the, this is either the fifteenth. No, I mean you either were a hero. Oh, or a oh zero. I, I thought you were saying you have the chance. Oh no, no. Well, you had the chance. Yeah. I okay. Okay. Say, I, yeah. I thought you. I was like, no, we're we're uh, we're no, past that. No. So what do you think of Super Bowl? Uh, it was actually a pretty good game. It was um, it was very back and forth. Uh, I, I didn't really have any skin in the game. I don't really care too much about either team. But as long as it was a good game, I was happy. There's a lot of people that want to blame the refs, and, and there were certainly a, a controversial call there at the end. But um, as one of the players on the losing team said, they should never have been in that position in the first place. So it was a good game, though. Question for you. When did we get two national anthems in this country? <laughs> Oh, uh, I wasn't aware that we did. Wasn't there another national anthem played? Not that I listened to. <laughs> I I only know one national anthem because it, it is, uh, according to a certain uh, group of people, that's not my national anthem. That's theirs. So I only have one national anthem. So we did not get two national anthems. Uh I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't. I don't. I don't know I, what's more absurd: the fact that there are people that think there's another national anthem, or the fact that the Super Bowl put that on. Oh, I'm not surprised they put it on. Uh, I am so tired of woke. I, 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 I did. I did see there was a uh, there was a an interview the day after the Super Bowl with. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know who they were. It was just on the news or whatever. And uh, somebody was. Ta- it was a woman that was interviewing this guy. Anyway, and she was saying, um, you know how how great it was that we had two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. And he was and he was uh, I, he was black. And he said, uh, "How about we just have two quarterbacks? Why do why do we have to talk about what color they are? Why can't we just say these are the two best quarterbacks in the National Football League?" And that's it. I mean, why does it have to be this big deal? Well, I saw where they were slamming. Who was it? Kerry Lake that didn't stand up for the – and I wouldn't have stood up either. There's only one national anthem. I stand up for that. When I go to a football game or a basketball game, I stand up for the national anthem. Yeah. Anything else I sit down for. Yeah, I mean – Oh, so, but anyway, uh, this could be easy soapbox and we'll get off of it. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Yes, well, <laughs> anyway. my, my name is Tommy Pate. I am a certified financial planner with the Journeys Group. And I'm George Pate. I'm a financial advisor with the Journeys Group. We are an independent registered investment advisory firm in Aden, just outside of Greenville, North Carolina. Our phone number is 252-746-6785. Again, that's 252-746-6785. You can find us on the web at www.thejourneysgroup.com. Again, www.thejourneysgroup.com. Uh, our website features a variety of financial articles that regularly rotate through. It has our schedule, and if you want to make an appointment with us, our physical location, in case you want to see where, who we are and what we look like. And yes, we do have faces made for radio. radio. <laughs> yes, indeed. Upcoming events. And this week, we did the State of the Markets. 
Um, depending on when you're listening to this. Yeah, yeah. depending on when you listen to it, stay at the market. So that was Thursday night, mm-hmm. or that's either this Thursday night or, or last Thursday or this night. this past Thursday night, yeah, <laughs> yeah, depending on when you're listening to this. Yeah. Um, it also has uh, links to YouTube, uh, Facebook. What else? Uh, Instagram? Yep. Okay, good. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm too old for all this. <laughs> And last but not least, it has the podcast Taking Care of Business archive there. So, well, not archive. It's just got a podcast link. Yeah, we're so used to say it. We're so used to having it archived Jeez, on the all website. This technology. I know, I know. Um, uh, it also talks about our upcoming event, May the 2nd and 4th in Edenton. Uh, retirement slash Social Security slash Medicare. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, Medicare seminar, seminate, seminar. Yeah, we are just, we are on a roll. This is going to be a great show today. Uh, but anyway, um, so more, more on that coming up. Um, if you want to take part in that, uh, there's links, on our, there will be links on our website. And yeah. Yeah. We're, we're finalizing the landing. Right, I'm just going to go to my notes now because obviously I'm a blithering idiot. Today. <laughs> what, what are we talking about today? What is the biggest issue adults have with money? Do you think? Exactly. They don't save money. You nailed that one. I, you took the words right out of my mouth, quite <laughs> literally. So they don't. I bet it's that they don't save money. So I don't know whether it's you millennial swine or what, but it's. Um, so today we're going to talk about what you should be doing with your kids about money before they become adults and a nightmare for people like you and I to have to handle. But I'm going to skip to one thing, first of all. I want to tell you there's a cool thing you can do for grandchildren, if you have grandchildren. Uh, we got a couple of clients that have bought, have, have set up stock accounts for their grandchildren. And they will buy a share of stock of a company that's pertinent to what's going on in their children's life. For instance, um, a lady called yesterday and said, buy a share of Hershey's for each of my grandchildren because of Easter coming up, Hershey's chocolate. Hmm. Uh, at um, uh, Christmas, uh, they bought Mattel. Mattel, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they have bought, I think it was over Labor Day, they bought Amazon. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a cool way to um, uh, to build your grandchild a, 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 a nice portfolio Without a ton of money, because they're literally just buying one share at a time. Yeah, uh, I think Hershey's was like one hundred and fifty dollars a share. It's not the, the stock's not it's not wildly cheap. expensive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just a neat thing because they can look at each share of stock and tell their grandchild, "Hey, I bought this because this was Easter. I bought this because this was, you know, we were going to Disney World, so I bought Walt Disney World stock." Mm-hmm. Um, which is probably not a good buy right now, the way that thing's going. <laughs> uh, but anyway, if you got grandchildren, it's kind of a neat thing to do. Um, it's it's one of those things where as they're growing up, it's a cool thing for you to tell them, um, kind of very basic, very generally. Hey, you own part of you're you're a part owner of this company, and to a, a child, that's really cool. Yeah. But it's the kind of thing that as they grow older, the gift gets better and better because they come to realize what exactly that means. Mm-hmm. Not not just financially, um, because as as time goes on, typically this kind of thing grows, but more importantly when they, you know, get old enough to understand this, they understand the meaning behind it and, and the, the importance of it as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about our children. Uh, I mean people we tend to get involved with 
children when they're adults, when they're in college or something like that. And that's when parents will call and say, I need, how do I teach my children this? Best way to teach children money management is to start early. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with your child getting an allowance and he or she has to do chores. And they understand that, hey, this is, I'm getting paid, air quote, I'm getting paid to do chores. Yeah, I'm, I am working for my money. Yeah. And even when they're that young, it, even when they're four or five, you really should sit down with them and say, when you get your money, three things has to happen. Number one, you have to give some back to God or charity. Number two, you have to give put some in savings. And you can spend number three, you can spend the rest of it. And a really neat way to teach your children about uh, uh, something that's fairly simple to us but be complicated to a child is about money earning interest is if you've got a young child, get a glass jar and have them put their savings, air quote again, in that glass jar. And then once a week, pay interest on their savings. Yeah, physically put the money into the mm-hmm. jar so that they can Let them see, see that. It. Yeah, they can see that. Whoa, I, I got more money than I did last week. You know. Yeah. Let them see that if you're paying them five percent interest and there's a dollar in the jar, they get a nickel every week. Let them see that. You know, you just put a nickel in there. Uh, and what this does is, I don't. You know, we're talking about young children, children less than ten years old at this point. It's not that they're going to learn compound interest. It's that they're going to learn that savings money, saving money, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So by giving them a visual representation of this glass jar getting fuller and fuller, the other good thing with our glass jar is if they want to buy something and they have to make a withdrawal from their savings, um, it's very uh, the the level in the glass jar going down is is pretty strong. Uh, it's it, it's a big impact, and they go, hmm, "Do I really want to do this or not?" You know, um, when they get to be about hmm, I don't know nine or ten then instead of suggesting things should become mandatory our kids when they were that age um we tried to teach them you can spend whatever your allowance is or chore money you can spend 65 percent on on whatever you want because 25 percent has to go in savings 10 percent has to go to church in our case it was church it could be a charity so you can blow two-thirds of your money and by approaching it that way, it was like, hey, man, you, I mean, you, two thirds of what you get, you can spend on what you want to. Yeah, you focus on, because the, the, saving money is a psychological game. It's 100% psychological. So you approach it this way as not look how much you have to put, look how much you're putting away or not spending. You have to approach it as look how much you can spend. Because if you if you put that that positive spin on it, people say, and not not just children, adults too will say, "Oh man, I can I can spend X amount of dollars a month on whatever I want, and I'm good to go." Rather than I've got to put away this much a month, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can't. In, instead of looking at it as what you're, I'm, I'm air quoting now, losing by putting it in savings, <clears throat> you look at what you are gaining and can spend. Look at it that way. One of the greatest lessons my dad ever taught me, one of many, I should say, is when I was 10 years old, I wanted an SL70, which was a Honda motorcycle. And I'll never forget this place in Fayetteville had them on sale for um, $200, wasn't it? $199. Yeah. And I said, Dad, I really want that motorcycle. And he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. You get half, 
and I'll pay the other half. Well, when you're 10 years old, there's only one way to get money, and that's cutting grass. And this was long before there was riding lawnmowers. <laughs> also keep in mind that a really big, big, tremendous yard paid you five bucks. So, I mean, a normal grass cutting gig was a dollar or two dollars to cut cut grass. And know? I believe I believe the, the phrase you put was, you cut grass until you thought your legs were going to fall legs off. Legs were going to fall summer. off. That's right. But the day I got that hundredth dollar, I got on my bicycle and I rode down to my dad's <laughs> office and I walked in his office and I put the envelope on his desk and he said, what's that? I said, that's the hundred dollars for my motorcycle. Now, be honest, I was fully expecting him to go, man, let's talk to your mom about this. And I give the man credit. He sighed and leaned back in his chair and said, your mother is going to kill me. <laughs> well, I don't think he ever expected you to, to no, he didn't. have the wherewithal to go do that. He did. So we went and got a motorcycle. <laughs> Um, but the point is, the lesson I learned was, if you work for some, you can get it. Yeah. And uh, how long did it take you to get that? All summer. I mean, it was so three or four months. Oh I mean, yeah. Of, of yeah. constant work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My friends were going to the pool. I was cutting grass. Yeah. Uh, but then I was, on the other hand, in the fall when they wishing they had a motorcycle, I had one. So. Well, I mean, that, that's that's my point is that is that if you're willing to work for it and and wait a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. you can do anything. I mean, yep. you can buy anything. You can do anything. Yep. Now, when your kids get to the teenage years, um, and this is when we really seem to run into problems, or most people run into problems, um, okay, most of us buy cars for our kids. That's not the way it was done when I was a kid, but that's the way it's done now. There's absolutely nothing wrong with requiring your child to pay for gas and to help with the insurance. And if you really want to teach a good lesson, um, Make them make the car payment. I just air quoted again. And by what happens is, or make a make a hundred dollars a month, let's a say a portion of it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then take that hundred dollars a month they're making on the car payment and put it up for them. They don't have to know about it. They really think it's gone, and put it up for them. Uh, again, my daughter when she graduated from college wasn't sure she, what she wanted to do, so she lived with my wife and I for a while. And I charged her three hundred fifty dollars a month rent to live in our house. And she paid it. And I did that for two reasons. One, because ain't nothing free. And two, <laughs> I wanted her to get used to having rent or a house payment. But what she didn't know was that we put that money up in a special account for her. And later in life, she bought a townhome. And we had several thousand dollars built up from that rent money, air quote again. So there's nothing wrong with doing that and, and teaching your child about money. When they get 17 or 18, it's time for a checkbook. And for goodness sakes, teach them how to balance a checkbook. Make them sit down every month and balance their checkbook. Because really, when they're 17 or 18, you got about four years left with them. Yeah. And the most common complaint we hear from uh, people that have semi-adult children (laughs) is that Man, they're in college. They're, they're always running out of money. You know, I always have to send them money. I always have to send them money. Well, when I went to North Carolina State University, <laughs> uh, my dad gave me X amount of dollars a month for spending money. And if that money ran out, then that money ran out. Now, I worked every summer and I worked, you know, on holidays and that kind of thing. So I had money in the bank. That was where I, but the expectation was, hey, if you blow through this money, I give you. It's on you at that point. It's your money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to take money out of your savings account. So, uh, you know, nothing wrong doing that. We see a lot of parents that will call and say, hey, I'm having to constantly put more money in my kid's checking account. And I go, why? 
Yeah, well, they 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 run out of money. Okay, if you didn't put money in their checking account, what would happen? What would they do? Well, they couldn't put gas in their car. Oh my God, I didn't know it was the end of the life. I guess they're walking somewhere. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, come on, you know, because what happens is if you don't do stuff like this, they become nightmare adults when it comes to money, and they come to us when they're 50 years old. And they want to retire at a hundred thousand dollars a year in ten more years, and they've got a thousand dollars saved. And that, I ain't joking; we've seen that. Yeah. And literally, they were incredulous that that it couldn't be done. Yeah, they actually, didn't have thousand. They had fifty thousand in their IRA, and they couldn't believe that in ten years they couldn't retire at a hundred thousand um, dollars. You're doing them a disservice by not teaching them about money and let them get bruised a little bit and get a little scars. It ain't gonna kill them. Um, but yeah, so when they're in college, not a bad idea to get them a credit card with a preset limit and the understanding that it is there for emergencies. And if the child uses the credit card and it's not an emergency, an emergency is not my friends are going out to eat. I don't have any money. An emergency is things like, oh, all four tires just fell off my yeah, car. Fell off my car. Yeah. 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 Um, if they use it for a non-emergency situation, they have to pay for it. Now, I can hear you people right now. Well, how do you make them pay for it? How do you do what? <laughs> You're, I'm sorry. Did you just say that you what? All right. First of all, you take the card back from them. And second of all, you don't pay their tuition until they pay the credit card. I mean, it's just, you know, and it's not that hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope it didn't come to that. But I mean, the bottom line is if that child or young adult is still fiscally dependent upon you, you still make the rules. Now, I'm getting pissed on soapbox guy, but he's better <laughs> no. step down. But, I mean, it kills me when somebody says, well, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I, 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 I give them money, and they go right through it. Then why do you give them money? Well, I don't want them to be hungry. They're not going to be hungry. They'll they figure it ramen, out. Noodle, ramen noodles or something, but they ain't going to be hungry. Or go to the dining hall. <laughs> uh, but if you don't teach your children this, starting from a very young age, then, man, oh, man, oh, man, you have done them a disservice. Um. And they're going to never retire because they're not going to have any money. Um, If you have questions about this, I'm sure some of you disagree with this, and that's certainly okay. And, I mean, raise your children the way you want, want, but I'm just saying this is what I'm seeing from my perspective. Uh, If you have questions about this, give us a call at 252-746-6785. Again, that's 252-746-6785. Lots of things to do to teach your kid, starting with fun stuff at an early age and maybe putting the hammer down at a later age and teaching them about money. Uh, because, you know, when they're 22, 23, 20, something like that, they leave. Um, and you do not want to be able, you do not want to be in a position where you and your, your spouse can't retire because you're too busy supporting an adult child. And we've seen that before, too. Yes, uh, many times. Yeah. Um, All right. So let's let's kind of recap it. Early age, teach them that money is uh, chores. Do money, and I don't care if they're three years old. Have them help take, you take the trash out. They can't take the trash out by themselves, but have them walk out with you and you take the trash. Yeah, that's called taking the trash out. And every time they do it, pay them a quarter. Or, or um, okay, we've just had playtime. Now we're going to put our toys away. 
or so, yeah. just I mean something something like yeah. that. But but what you're doing is like, again, this is all a this is a mind game. This is all psychology. You're reinforcing that behavior that okay, if I do this, and and they don't even they don't even know what work is at that young of an age. But if I do these things that mommy and daddy ask me to do, they give me a quarter, and that that's good. They may not realize what that means right now, but they know you're reinforcing that behavior at an early age. Well, and then, okay, so they're three years old and they walk out with you to take the trash out. Okay, we're taking the trash out. They get to be six or seven years old. They take the trash out by themselves. Yeah, yeah. You At that point, you can say, uh, hey, take the trash out for me. And they say, and they, and they unconsciously do it because they know if they do it, they're going to get a quarter or whatever. Um, and then as they get older, um, put more responsibility on them. I mean, again, when I was 10, I was cutting grass, you know, uh, make them make their beds up. Um, and, and don't, don't pay them for everything. Um, you know, it's don't pay them for stuff they should do. They should pick their room up or they, they should brush their teeth. Uh, Yeah. They should make good grades in school. Don't pay them for stuff like that, but pay them for chores for work like cutting the grass or or something like that um when i was 14 looking forward to a summer of riding my motorcycle my dad walked in and said we got to go downtown and get you a worker's permit and i said what a worker's permit he said you gotta get a job so i'm 14 what can i do but he found me a job (laughs) making a dollar an hour which 40 dollars a week which was a tremendous amount of money to me and now, to be honest with you, it was a tough. I mean, I was cleaning ditches with a road crew. It wasn't a lot of fun. But the expectation was you're 14, you're old enough to have a job now. Yeah. Uh, and you should be, you know, out of this money you're making, you should save some money and you should give some money back to God. So uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, when I was, um, I graduated from state on a Saturday. And my dad said, where are you going to work at on Monday? Uh, uh, you, you mean you didn't take like a three-week European vacation or hiking through the Alps? No, I was going. I was laughing. Nowadays, I was like, well, I'm taking a week off and enjoying my – there wasn't none of that. You know? I, t- I took a – when I, gra- I graduated college on a Monday, and I took a week because I was moving up to Winston-Salem, which, where I graduated college from, for work. And so I needed a week to pack up. Every- That's the only reason I took a week. I mean, my, my, my boss said, hey, when can you start? And I said, hey, I'd love to start tomorrow, but – I need a few days to get all my stuff up here and moved in. But that's that's the only reason I did not. My, that week off was not a vacation. It was, oh, crap, I got to pack up everything I everything I own to move up to Winston-Salem. But well, and 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 again, uh, many of you are going, oh, that's just that's just not fair to the kid. It's not fair to the kid not to teach them uh, because you are leaving a, you know, part of the here again, soapboxing. <laughs> Part of the problem with the uh, the world that we're dealing with nowadays is the expectation of I'm owed something. It's not my responsibility to yeah. save money. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, it's probably going to tick some people off this show, but this is something I feel very strongly about. Uh, well, because you just you've seen it and had to deal with it so much in, in, in forty Good years. God, I, I mean, do reckon. And I, and, I, and it's I mean it's getting worse nowadays, but there's no telling how many times you've had to deal with something like this because. Well, it's you know because it, because the, these lessons weren't taught. Yeah, and we actually see um, more uh, 
it's kind of shifted now to where we're hearing more of the adult children coming to us and going, how do I tell my kid to quit spending money? And like, okay, they're 30 years old. You waited like 25 years too late. Um, because, you know, once they reach a certain point, they, they ain't no changing their yeah, mind. Yeah, you, you can't. Uh, yeah. If they're 30 and that's the way they believe, yeah. it's too late. But when we, when we do a show and we talk about retirement or lack of retirement or debt or things like that, um, you know, what example are you showing your kids? Uh, I mean, that's the best way I can say to put it, you know. So you've got some time. Teaching that, that kid the responsibility for money is not only to help them with their um, life endeavors, but it will teach them about tithing, which is critical. Mm-hmm. It'll teach them about savings, and it'll teach them, like my motorcycle story, if you work, you can pretty much have anything you want. If you're willing to work, you're willing to wait for it. Um, uh, when George was a young, young grasshopper, pod, grasshopper, yeah. Uh, my mother, my mother, my wife used to laugh because he would pick something up at a toy store or a book that he wanted, and she would say, "Okay, we well, got to use your money to buy that." And he'd say, "Okay," and he'd get in line to pay for it. And after a couple of minutes, he would go, "Nah," and get back out of line because he didn't want it bad enough to use his money. I was dingy as a child yes. i hate i did not like to spend my money yeah still is by the way yeah. <laughs> um i mean he doesn't he will not give the old man money ever uh but that's another story for a different <laughs> for day. a different show yeah, we'll talk about a show on abuse of elder some other time but, um, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll do a show on how how children should take care of their parents exactly, right yeah yeah exactly. but anyway keep that in mind teach the kids um it's never too early and but it it, it can, can be get too late, too late. Yep. yeah yep. yeah i mean i'm telling you this is mm. yeah uh depending upon when you're listening i hope you uh listen to our state of the market seminar and i hear the music so i better quit talking yep <laughs> <laughs> uh i appreciate y'all spending some time with us today we look forward to visiting with you next week hope you have a great week this is tommy pate and this is george pate taking, taking care, care of business, business. The proceeding has been a paid program. The advice and opinions expressed by the Journeys Group and their guests are their own and may not reflect the opinions and advice of WTIB or Interbanks Media. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although should not be relied as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Fixed annuities are insurance products. Fixed annuities, rates, returns, and guarantees are subject to the claim paying ability to the underlying insurance company. Please see a statement of understanding and prospectus for a full detail on products discussed. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation and as such is not intended to be a direct recommendation. Before acting on any information mentioned, you should seek the advice from a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine whether it is suitable for your specific situation. Investment advising services are offered through the Journeys Group, an SEC-registered investment advisor.